0: All right. Uh, good after, good morning, actually, and welcome to the second edition of the Martinez-Marcillo podcast presented to you by the Stony Brook Press. I am Daniel Marcillo with my good friend Volco Martinez. We're going to break down a little NBA today. We'll talk a little MLB awards, and we'll talk about uh, some NFL games going into the weekend. Welcome. how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've actually had a question on my mind since last week. Yes. Did your parents listen to the podcast? Uh, they did not listen to the podcast. Uh, they probably will during Thanksgiving break when I tell them I'm doing a podcast. Um, but no, what about uh, What about you? Have you uh, shown they, um, No, they don't even know this is a thing. They even know this is thing. Th- yeah, so yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's the same boat I've been in. But, yeah. um, all right, let's get into some NBA to start it. Uh, so with Jimmy Butler making his debut for the Philadelphia 76ers last night, uh, you know, he shot six twelve, not bad to in his first game. Um, but they did take the loss last night to Orlando, right? Yeah, Orlando 11-106. Uh What did you think of his uh, debut? Yeah, I thought he played well overall. Um, about as well as you can expect given that it was his first game. He actually fit in pretty nicely with Ben Simmons on the court, Joel Embiid. They ran a lot of actions for him. Um, This actually moved Markel Fultz to the bench, which I thought was going to be a disaster just for his, like, mentality, um, because he's so fragile right now, it seems. But he actually played fairly well as well, so I think that this straight as a whole is going to have a good impact on the team. Um, He lost a couple good pieces in Covington and Sarge, but... I don't know. I think they're gonna think be worse. active. They're gonna be active. Yeah, I think I like that trio because they they don't really have a true outside scorer. You know, Simmons can't can't shoot the ball can't at shoot. all. Yep. Embiid's, yeah. Embiid's you know he's hitting threes at a nice clip this year, but you know you you want him making, getting a lot of his points in the paint. And Jimmy Butler's you know, even even in Minnesota is is with the whole drama going on there, he was a good teammate. On the court, you know, we try to push his guys as much as he could. Um, but I think I like this trio. This definitely puts them in the same class as the Bucks and the Celtics if they weren't already there. Um, but it gives them a piece that can compare to Kyrie Irving and Giannis on the Bucs. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Mark Markel Fultz, you know, it's – Certainly been an interesting case with him. He's his free throw, his I mean, free throw shooting. Like, is, what's going on with that? You know, I think that's just more, more mental, no, mental, mental, mental. Uh, there was a uh, there was a big conspiracy theory on Twitter about the Sixers actually treating the wrong injury all along, and that instead of like a shoulder injury, he had a nerve injury, which actually doesn't let him have like full range of movement. Yeah. I, so there's that. Um, it's definitely a very interesting. Yeah, I don't, I I don't know what's going on with him. You know, um he's got a lot of talent but I think it's just so it's more than just basketball right now it's more mental like that and maybe you just gotta you got to change the way you shoot entirely from the free throw line maybe you got to shoot underhand you know it's maybe um I think he's definitely gonna get a lot better as the season go as the season goes on uh he's coming off the bench now before they used to have him play a lot of minutes with Simmons yeah. and that's problematic because neither of them need shoot. Should, yeah but now he's actually running the point off the bench, so I think that's going to be a good change for Yeah, him. When, you, when you come off the bench like that, you get a little more, uh, you know, room to mess around with because, you know, you don't have to worry about stepping on Embiid, Simmons, or Butler's toes. You really can um, take advantage of all of your all of his game. And, you know, it, he, he is a talented player. There, there's no doubt about that, but he's certainly been a disappointment so yeah. far in his 76ers career. Especially as the number one pick. Yeah, and... To think that they they might have uh, they were thinking of taking Jason Tatum. So imagine putting Jason Tatum with that exactly with that squad. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get back on this Draymond Green situation. Of course, suspended without without pay, right for I think I'll it was pay a game. For a game against Atlanta. Yeah, which they they don't need half of their players to play against Atlanta, but you know, I, I, it's, it's still interesting to know what was said because something had to be really bad said not. Not, not something just, about, yeah. like, you're not going to get suspended over, you know, just dribbling the ball and, you know, making, everyone's going to make that mistake where you're a little too selfish with the ball sometimes. But he, what I, what I heard is that something about KD's pending free agency and, you know, you know the way Draymond is, he'll he there's really no filter there. there. When you get him going, it's very hard to stop him. Yeah, I mean, I heard that, the same thing about KD's free agency, basically the fact that they had been winning prior to him joining the Warriors and that they could keep doing it even if he left. Yeah. Um, also heard some stuff about KD being called a bitch multiple times. Yeah, this is, you know, Draymond. Draymond's a fierce competitor, but, you know, he's also ruthless. And, like I said, for, for him to say something that was so bad that not the NBA – his teammates and his coaches and the front office agree that we need to suspend him for it that's that's you know it's pretty telling maybe it was a case that they want to keep KD so they have to show that all right we're willing to bite this bullet and suspend Draymond because we don't want you to leave in the off season but the thing is even if they want to keep KD it's ultimately up to him to yeah. sign the clear option so um, and Draymond's actually eligible for an all-star i mean he's eligible for the max contract if he's an all-star this year which is likely, and like they can't fit K D yeah. and Draymond with the max. Oh, uh, it, yeah, it's uh, basically got to choose at this point. Yeah, and that that's K D took a, I think it was a pay cut just to stay here in the first place. He did. Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting. I obviously I would take Kevin Durant over Draymond Green any day of the week, and I think that's that's what the Warriors are trying to show Kevin Durant that you know we don't. We don't need Draymond, but you know, we'd still like to have you. We'd still like to have you around. Um and especially especially with what happened with Duran and Westbrook, you're giving Green just the more ammunition you give Draymond Green, the more the more he's just gonna fire right back at you. Just um, to, just to play double the advocate though, Draymond is definitely a very important piece for the Warriors. A, yeah. And um I think you have a tough time finding anyone else in the league with his skill set. Yeah. So um, you know, in terms of replacing him, I'm sure they can get a lot of good role players and all that. Yeah. But there isn't really anyone else who can guard one through five. Um, he can bring the ball up the floor. Yeah. Good he's, vision. He's a he, he's a fierce competitor. You, you wouldn't you know you, you don't you need those guys on championship teams. Um, And you know it's I I I don't know when their next game is Golden State, but uh, tonight against tonight's against the Rockets. Yep. Well, I think I think once they get back on the court, they'll put this behind them, because you know. And the funny thing is, when you watch that original video of them on the court after the fourth quarter ended, you see, of all people, Boogie Cousins, trying to trying to restrain Draymond Green of all people, uh, Demarcus Cousins. Definitely. And, um, I mean, it should be interesting to see how the game pans out tonight. Uh, I expect Draymond will be back. He'll be starting as usual with KD. Um, we'll see how that goes. We'll probably touch on it next week. Yeah. Develops. I, I, don't, I don't think it'll be an issue, I think. But the thing is with this situation, no one is going to s- specifically say, my bad, I'm sorry. This is just going right. to be something put under the rug. And you just got to, they're just going to put it in the past and, you know, learn from their mistakes. Um... Move on to the unfortunate injury of Karis Levert, the up and coming young player from the Brooklyn Nets. You know, originally it looked it looked very gruesome. Sort of like that Gordon Hayward injury. Um, but luckily they said it was no uh, ligament damage. It was not. But again, when you're when you're this is a guy you're playing with day in and day out in practice, you know, it's very unfortunate and tough to see when you're just five feet away from a guy who just Twisted his ankle the complete opposite way. I think the uh, the official diagnosis was a dislocated foot. If, yeah. I'm, if I remember correctly, um, he's set to be back before the end of the yeah, I, season. I think they said they can pop it right back, so like when you dislocate your shoulder, that you can do that. But you know, it's and this is a guy who had I think three or four foot injuries in, in the past college. in yeah. college too at Michigan. Yeah. And he was and he, this year it was supposed to be a breakout year for him, which it has been. He's leading Brooklyn scoring. He hit, I think, a game winner against the Nuggets. I want to say the prior yeah. game, he hit a game winner against the Knicks, in their home opener. So it's you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, when Brooklyn wasn't having you no know, too bad of a start, six and nine isn't amazing, but compared to what they've done the last few years, they they've they uh, certainly they're certainly gonna miss him for sure. You know, D'Angelo Russell's gonna have to step up in his place, but. Um, you know, you just hope for the best from whether you're a Nets fan, Knicks fan, whatever you are, you hope for the best for that guy because uh, he's definitely got a lot of talent. Definitely. And uh, I think from a talent standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, he should be back to normal once he fully rehabs this. But um, there's also the mental stand- the mental standpoint, mm-hmm. which is, you know, once you go through such a bad looking injury, you're a bit hesitant to do the same things that you yeah. were doing on the court. Even if you're watching, like I, had a, I was playing uh, a rec basketball game in the the same night after I saw the injury, and you know you 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 sort of have that in the back of your mind now whenever you're jumping up, you don't want to land right. on someone, on someone's uh, ankle or, or twisted. You know he's going to be maybe 15, 20 times as worse when he comes back. But you know once you get once you're back in the flow of things, you sort of just get that thought out of your head and it just goes back to becoming normal. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, you want to touch on. Carmelo Anthony. Oh yeah, that's that's, um, good. that's good. Oh, Mello. So let's talk about that a bit. Last week, I think it was Saturday. All of a sudden, Woj goes on Twitter. He says that Melo is in discussions with the Rockets about his role uh, going forward. And then 24 hours later, apparently he's set to be waived. Even though the Rockets are actually denying that to the media. What is your take on this? It's it's unfortunate for Carmelo because the guy's a future Hall of Famer, but. You know, he. I don't think he said he can't adjust his game. I think it's just too late in his career to make this change. He's already thirty-four years old. Even in his last couple years with the Knicks, you could see he didn't move the same way he used to. He didn't. He was barely dunking anymore. You know, he didn't have that same lift on his jump shot. And if you you ask Carmelo to fit a role that Trevor Ariza and uh, P.J. Tucker left, which was. A three-and-D type of player. First of all, that's not who he is. Melo doesn't play any defense, and he's a decent three-point shooter. But he's, you know, it's going to be shadowed, overshadowed by how bad his defense is. It is, and uh, I mean, I think it's a matter of fit. If you bring Melo in, you know what you're going to get. You know, he's not going to play great defense, or even good defense. He's going to put up some decent rebounding numbers, and he'll probably guard the post all right, but. In terms of switching, which is what the Rockets were doing all season, he's not really fit for that. Yeah. Uh, shooting, I mean, he shot all right. I think he shot what thirty-three percent from three all season, which isn't great. But, but that's his—that's his lowest. It's low. It's low, but uh, like three years. you know, it's still respectable, I yeah. guess, especially for a role player. It's tough. I think he's like being scapegoated. I'm being honest. It's—it's it's tough because he was in a bad situation with the Knicks, which he—he he was still playing good basketball at the Knicks. He was still. Being a good player with the Knicks, but of course they weren't winning any games because there wasn't any talent around him. Mm-hmm. He goes to OKC and you're asking him to jump right into that situation with Westbrook very ball-dominant player. Yeah. Paul George isn't as ball-dominant, but still he controls the, the ball sure. a lot. Yeah. And now you're going to Houston where the ball does move a lot, but again, James Harden and Chris Paul are having the ball a lot. What I think Melo needs to do is you either need to adjust if you want to play on a winning team or you're just gonna have to go to a losing team, be the man, go back to doing what you do with the Knicks. You know, if you want to play your isolation ball, do it. Yep. But show your worth there. Show that you can still put up, you know, twenty-two and twenty-two and seven, mm. and do that for a bad team. And hopefully, you know, a team, another team wants to take a risk on you. But it's tough. Maybe, maybe he's got to go to San Antonio where. We're very uh, you know, definitely if he wants to play ISO ball, he said take a lot of mid range jumpers. San Antonio's the place to do it. Then you got DeRozan, Aldridge, Rudy Gay, who are basically yeah. all that type of player. It's a, it's an uh, option. I, I I love I love Carmelo when he was a Nick, by far one of my favorite players, right next to J.R. Smith. But you know you gotta when I was watching some of his older highlights, mm-hmm. when it was Nick, when he was doing these mid-range jumpers, he wasn't holding the ball 15, no, 10, 15 seconds or just holding the ball for five seconds, just standing, looking around like he, he does now. He was catching it. He was making a move immediately. He, he had an idea of what he was doing. And he, I remember watching highlights against Brooklyn when he had like 45 against them. He was moving the ball around. He had a point guard of Raymond Felton that – was dishing the ball everywhere. He had the veterans like Jason Kidd and Rasheed Wallace. They, He was really ball handling, facilitating. He was the man on offense, and he was just letting the game flow around him. He wasn't trying to slow the game down. And that's when he was at his best, and it's unfortunate that, yes, he is older and does move the same way he did when he was 28, but he, I think he there's still another all-star season left in Carmelo Anthony. Where do you think he's gonna go after this? If he leaves, they haven't waived him as of. I just, I right just, now. I just don't know what his future is in Houston for sure. I, I think I that's think definitely done. Um, Golden State is always gonna be an option. I've heard Philly. I've heard the Lakers. I think he fit in the best in Philly. Second I best. So. In LA. They need. They definitely need more shooting. Yeah, and and I think you you put Mallow Mallow in that offense. I think can work well. I think so, and I mean, you've got a bunch of good defensive players. Embiid was a beast. Simmons, very good defender. I, I, to me, I just don't know what made Houston think, yeah, we're going to put him back with Mike D'Antoni. Uh, I don't know why they really thought that was going to work out. That didn't work out when he was with the Knicks, and I remember he got injured, and Linsanity happened, mm-hmm. and then Melo came back with Stoudemire, and that was, you know, when, uh, when D'Antoni quit, and then Mike Woodson had to take over, so... I don't know, it's it's unfortunate. Maybe he just needs to retire at this point. Maybe. Because he's not, right now, this isn't helping his legacy. Um, it is not. And I mean, a retirement tour definitely improves his legacy. He's going to get cheered every every arena he goes to. Because people, even though they hit on him now, people know that he is a well, legend. There used, there used to be a question, who was better? If, if, between who was the best scorer in the NBA? It was either Kobe or Carmelo. Like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a shame that... You know, his career has sort of taken this downfall. It has. But, you know, I hope the best for him. He's one of my favorite players I ever watched as a Nick. I remember when he hit those two threes on Easter Sunday uh, against the Bulls. But, yeah, I hope the best for him, and I hope uh, the best in his basketball career for Carmelo. Let's talk about – let's transition to a little MLB awards. Uh, We should. We Um... had the Rookie of the Year's announced Monday. Shohei Otani winning it over two Yankees, Uh, Miguel Andujar and Gleyber Torres for the uh, American League. What do you think of uh, the pitcher slash hitter taking out two Yankees? Well, he definitely came into the MLB with a lot of hype. I definitely know that. Um, You know, he had a good season. Um, If I remember, he, uh, what was it, he became the first um, person with like 10. Appearances since Babe Ruth, in yeah, I forget the date, but um, 1920, 1910s, probably 1910s, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, I think he deserved it. Um, there's gonna be some people who obviously are not very happy with this. It, my opinion of this is yes, and who are 47 doubles, you know, that's that's great, that's an in incredible 527 uh, slugging, but. I think what didn't allow Andrew Hart to win was just how brutal he was defensively. I think he had something around a negative 25 defensive runs saved. The guy is not, he's not a good defensive third baseman. And even if he just put out an average year at third base, you know, he didn't make any, he didn't, you know, hurt the team or help the team. I think he wins uh, rookie of the year because uh, Otani only pitched 50 innings. And I think it was, what? where We have here, I think it's 51 innings he only pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did pitch good in those 51 innings, but I think, uh, if Andrew Hart just shows he's a better defender, I don't think it's really uh, the biggest issue in the world that you know he, w- he would have been an average defender if that was the case. Um, but Otani again, once, once in a generation type athlete, right here, most definitely. 22 home runs and just under 350 plate appearances. Just incredible numbers from the 23-year-old out of Japan to the... And then nationally, it was really, to me, between Ronald Acuna Jr. and Juan Soto. Um, and Acuna came away with the, Which I think is deserved. I um, thought he had a hell of a season. Finished with 26 homers, uh, 16 steals. You know, I think he's definitely what? what is he right now? 21? Yeah, he's very young, 21 years old. 21, incredibly young, putting up good numbers. I think he deserved it. Yeah, uh, I, personally, I would have uh, voted for actually Soto over Acuna. But again, you're not going wrong with either guy you pick. Even if you wanted Walker Bueller to win, you're not going wrong with that either. Because um, to me, I'm a big on base percentage guy, and Soto yeah. going 406 with 517 slugging. Um, 22 home runs. Uh, both of these kids are going to be a future of uh, of baseball in general, and Soto I think is going to be the guy who replaces Bryce Harper in Washington. Um, and if you, I was looking at the rest of the voting here. Somehow, Jeff McNeil from the Mets got a vote from somebody. I don't know how. The, one single vote. One single vote. Um, he had a good season. He had 329. Um. And he came really out of nowhere for the Mets, but he only played in 63 games. If he would have played more games, he would have given himself a chance to uh, to really give Soto or Acuna a shot at Rookie of the Year. And let's take a look at the Manager of the Year. Right, let's quick. Look. Bob Melvin, of course, with Oakland. Uh, the whole opener thing that he had going on over there, just sort of revolutionizing. This, uh, this is his third manager of the year. Third, yeah. I, 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 I think he won in 2012. 2012, I think 2007, I want to say, with Arizona, I think it was. But uh, er, uh, Oakland and uh, Atlanta, Brian Snitker from Atlanta, both of these teams um sort of under the radar, but they came in two different mm. ways. Oakland uh, Oakland, sort of doing their whole money ball thing where they have a bunch of free agents they picked up, absolutely no starting pitching, and somehow were able to get into the postseason. And the Braves, they had a bunch of their young guys, Acuna uh, Acuna, Albies, of course a veteran, Freddie Freeman and Markekis. Um, but both of these teams I think were ahead of schedule for what the what the experts think. I think had. so, and um, just to touch back on them for a second, I was reading something this week, and um, they actually had the lowest payroll on Oakland day, definitely so a massive feat. That's it's money. It was really money ball Moneyball Part Two, for the Oakland A's. Um, one of my favorite players from that team, Matt Chapman, just one of the amazing third baseman. He actually came home with the platinum glove for the for the best defensive player in all of baseball. Um. And I, I think Oakland, Oakland, Atlanta—they're definitely gonna be back next year, mm-hmm. uh, contending for even the division. I think Oakland can win because Houston, uh, Houston, I think is gonna have to go rid to some pieces in the offseason, Plus, their bullpen's always been a question. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see about that in the in the future for them. All right, let's uh, transition a little more. we will going to NFL a little bit right here. Uh, let's see what's on deck for this week. I right, we'll talk about. What's going on did you first of all did you hear the, the game in Mexico City between uh, I did the Rams and the Chiefs back in LA? And um I mean that's gonna be like the future of American sports, if I'm being honest. Um, right, going, going going to going to Mexico game. City. And I mean I know the NBA is doing that as well. They wanna have a G League team yeah. in Mexico City. NFL's already obviously explored going to Wembley and London and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once. I think I think they want to get really the whole North American oh, yeah. North American continent and then expand. With NFL's even gone all the way to England to play games. So mm-hmm. you know it's definitely interesting to see that you know football is becoming a more worldwide sport. It is, than yeah. it has been in the past. And I mean, even just going off my own experience back in Spain, TV networks are really beginning to pick up NFL games yeah. more consistently. So it's definitely expanding. Yeah, all right, let's get into. Talk about this. We'll do the spread, and we'll give our predictions for that. Uh, Green Bay going into Seattle uh, tonight. That's going to be definitely a good game. Green Bay really needs this win if they want to put them. Well, both of these teams need a win to get themselves in the mm-hmm. playoff picture. Seattle's is uh, minus three minus three straight up. Um, I'm going to take Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to first of all going to win, and I think they're going to cover the spread. I'm gonna have to agree. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but both teams are healthy going into this game. Uh, I think so. Let me, let me take a look at that. Randall Cobb is out for for uh, Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but well, Earl Thomas is he's been gone for for Seattle, but you know both of these teams are relatively healthy. But both of these teams need this game to get themselves keep themselves in the playoff picture. Um, sorry. What was your uh, what was your prediction for this one? Uh, yeah, I think the spread is coming for this one. The spread is covered by right, um by Green Bay. By Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dallas, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta minus three, minus three, at home. I'm gonna take Atlanta. Uh, they're gonna. I think they're gonna win by at least at least a touchdown against Dallas. Dak Prescott has had a you know really tough run of it this year, and both of these teams four and five, so again another matchup where you got teams trying to mm-hmm. get themselves back in the playoff hunt. Uh, what do you what do you think about this one? So the spread is what Atlanta minus three. Atlanta minus three. <sighs> uh, I'm actually have to disagree. With go you with Dallas? I'm going with Dallas here. I think they've got enough talent here. Um, they need this win, as you said. I'm confident that they'll pick up the win. And the uh, spread is what, minus three? Minus three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Cincinnati at Baltimore, one of the rare times you see that there is no spread, that this one's just There's straight no up. Spread. Straight up for this one, uh pretty much predicting a tie. Um I'm gonna go Cincinnati in this one. Uh I'm gonna go with, with the Andy Dahl leading his team into into Baltimore and taking them down. Um wait, so you think win? I think win for, win for Cincinnati. I think so. I, I I don't see it being a tie. I don't really understand why there isn't any spread for this game. I mean, yeah, it should be a good game in my opinion. What is this? Is L- last, what? This game on Saturday? Uh, Sunday game. Sunday game. Last time they played uh, earlier this season, Cincinnati won 34-23. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, Cincinnati's going to take this one. Uh, Carolina at Detroit. Carolina minus four and a half. Uh, I think Carolina is going to win by probably 10. This defense, this Detroit's defense really hasn't stopped anybody. Christian McCaffney had a good week uh, the week before it, if I remember well. Um, also, they're going to be indoors. I think Cam Newton's going to have a pretty solid week again for the Carolina Panthers. Also, six and 13. I don't think there's any way that Carolina doesn't come out with the win here. You said that they win by ten. I, I think they win by ten. I'm thinking over ten. Over ten. Over twelve, honestly. All right. Uh, we got Tennessee against Indianapolis. Now this this one's gonna be a good game to watch. You got five and four team and a excuse me four and five team taking uh taking on each other. Andrew Luck has had a Pro Bowl type season for yeah. for the Colts, uh, and I'm. And the spread is Indianapolis minus one and a half. Uh, I'm going to take Indianapolis winning by more than that. Um, I, 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 think, uh, I think Indianapolis really needs this win, and Andrew Luck has had a career for coming up in these big moments. Plus, Marcus Mariota hasn't had a great season at all either. So I think, uh, and he's owned, he's owned, uh, Luck has owned the Titans as well, so I, I, I think we're gonna, I think I gotta go with the Colts in this one. I'm gonna have to agree, uh, Chuck Hamlin is a big Colts fan, he's a huge, huge Colts huge fan. Huge Colts fan, yeah, so I think he'll be pleased but, yeah. to- This is this is another one of those games where, uh, both teams really need this win to keep themselves in a playoff hunt. Yeah, like you said, Andrew Luck's performing really, really well right now, um, His record against Tennessee is spectacular. Yeah, it's impeccable. Um, Next one we got here. None of these teams have a chance of making the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New York Giants in MetLife this Sunday. Uh, Giants minus one. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this week. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay uh, covering the spread here. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Um, Giants are just it basically boils down to not being a good team, yeah. in all honesty. Yeah, also got Fitzpatrick having a pretty solid season out of nowhere again. Uh, Houston against Washington is going to be a good matchup to 6-3 and three and first-place teams taking on each other. Uh, and this was really an unexpected game for both of these teams to be in first place. Whoever, you know, it's probably more unexpected for Washington. But, again, Alex Smith and Deshaun Watson, just solid seasons for both of their teams. Uh, Adrian Petersons had a solid season for Washington as well. Uh, The spread here is minus three for Houston. Um, I think Washington's gonna win this game and cover the spread. I'm actually gonna take Houston in this game. Um, I know that Washington, they actually had a pretty good season. They're what, six and three right now? Yeah, both of these teams. Both of these uh, teams are six and three. three. Um, Yeah, no, I'm gonna take Houston here. Uh, another game coming up: Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Jacksonville, what a disappointing season. Um, mm-hmm. They just lost last week to the Colts, and what which was a game that would really would have brought them back in the postseason race. But Pittsburgh again, officially they know Le'Veon Bell is no longer going to play this season. this season, and that misery of drama going on there. Um, it's pretty much over now, I would say. Yeah. I mean this is gonna be some This is this is now. gonna be the nail in the coffin for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, Pittsburgh minus five and a half and I'm gonna take Pittsburgh winning by probably thirteen. Uh yeah, I'm taking Pittsburgh over ten. Over ten. Pretty nice, pretty nice. Oakland Oakland, Arizona, another meaningless scam going on. John Gruden uh, taking his hundred million dollar contract and one in eight record to Arizona. Uh, let's see what the spread is here. Arizona, minus five and a half. I think Arizona wins by a touchdown, so I'm going to take them covering here. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, Oakland, really, they're just treading with time. until the, yeah. They move to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Denver against the LA Chargers. Uh, uh, Denver, three and six. The Chargers, seven and two. Sadly, they're the only better team right now is in their division, the eight and one LA Rams. But Phillip Rivers having a terrific season. Um, sort of, you sort of thought he was sort of on the downhill, downslope of his career. Mm-hmm. But he's got pretty much thrown for 2,500 yards already this season, 21 touchdowns, leading a team with 7-2 record. So uh, the spread here is Chargers minus a touchdown. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game than, than that. So I'm going to take the Chargers winning – but by about three points. No, uh, I'm taking the Chargers winning as well. I think Anthony Lynn has done a really good job this season, coaching team. Um, what's the spread right now? Minus seven. Minus seven of the Chargers' score. Yeah, I think the Chargers are winning this by. Yeah, touchdown. I think it's fair. Yeah. It's another matchup of a great team and a disappointing team this year: in New Orleans against the Philadelphia Eagles. New Orleans, my prediction to win the Super Bowl. Drew Brees coming in there still is only for one interception this season, by far, giving himself a case for an MVP if it wasn't for uh, Jared Goff. Uh, if it wasn't for Ty Gurley and Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. uh, taking the reins there. But New Orleans favored heavily in this one by eight and a half, and I, I think, think so. I think they're going to win by a couple touchdowns on that one. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree on that. Yeah. Drew Brees is pretty much unbeatable in that Superdome anyway. Uh, Minnesota against Chicago. This is a big game. The AFC uh, NFC North division. Uh, Minnesota is just really one game out. They're five three and one. Chicago six and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this one's going to be the Vikings going on the road uh, and covering the spread here. The spread is Chicago minus two and a half. I think Minnesota goes into Chicago and pulls a big win out on Sunday Night Football. No, I think Chicago are going to pull out the win. Uh, they're going to cover the spread. All right. Uh, we got the fun the fun game going on Monday night. Fun game. Sadly, it's going L.A. instead of uh, Mexico City. But you have the Kansas City Rams. I can't say the Rams. Oh, Jesus. Kansas City Chiefs take you on the L.A. Rams. Uh, make sure we edit that one out. <laughs> no. I'll keep that in. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff. You know, two terrific quarterbacks taking on each other. That going that alarm me. Oh, we might have to. That one's got to come out. But um, two two great offenses. I think very little defense is going to be played in this game. Um, this one, you might as well flip a coin to it as well because you have two. You know, this could be a Super Bowl matchup right here. Um, but I think Kansas City is going to win. Uh What's the spread here? Spread is the Rams are actually favored minus three and a half. I think Kansas City is going to win this game. The the uh, over under for this game is 63 points combined between these two te- two teams, which
1: doesn't Sounds surprise reasonable.
0: me. With two uh, two great offenses, but yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City moving to uh, 10 and one this season. First team to 10 wins. This is a tough game. In or and on all. On- Jesus, please edit that out. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck i saying. Right. So, LA Rams, no, I'm actually going to have them winning this game. I think they're going to ride momentum. I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. Um, Not a lot of defense is going to be played. Lots of points. What is this game on Monday? Monday night football game. Monday night football. Definitely worth checking out for anyone who really isn't that much into football, but it'll be fun. Yeah, all right. Let's let's go through the division leaders real quick. We'll see if uh, we think if they're contenders or pretenders. uh, New England seven and three in the AFC. I think we can both agree that they are definitely contenders. Definitely. <laughs> they always are with that team. Uh, Pittsburgh at six two and one. You think contenders or pretenders here? I'm gonna say pretenders. I, I think they're pretenders too. I think like I said, Cincinnati is gonna go in and win a big game in Baltimore this week. Um, they're gonna ride that momentum mm. to win, win into the division. Uh, Houston six and three in the AFC South. Um, this is also a tough one, but I think with everyone else in their division, I think they are contenders. They have Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Jacksonville in their division. I think I'm going to go with the contender for Houston here. See, this one is tough because, um, you know, as you said, they're in a tough division. But they have a 6-3 and three record. I think they're somewhere in the middle in between being contenders and pretenders, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with pretenders. I don't think they're going to out the win okay. overall at the end of the season. And right, last team, the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs, I think uh, we can both agree that they are definitely contenders. contenders. Best one of the best teams in the NFL. 9-1 right now. Yeah. Uh, NFC East you got Washington in first place with a bunch of mediocre teams below them. Contenders. They're sort of a default contender because they have Dallas, Philadelphia, I mean, Giants in their division. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the division is just so weak. Yeah, it's it, it should be, they just play their game and they don't try to do anything special for the rest of the season. They should, they should, should easily ride into yeah. the postseason. And what is it really, you know, it's it's dominated by two teams, this NFC. It's dominated by New Orleans and the Rams. Mm-hmm. And that other team is Chicago, 6-3. and three. Uh, You think they're contenders or pretenders here? I'm to say pretenders, Looking at the rest of their conference, uh, I, I think I think Minnesota is gonna jump up and take that spot. I, I think think. so. They're what? They're five. Uh, five, three, five three, and one. three, and one. Yep, I think they're gonna go into Chicago and have a have a huge, huge victory in Chicago. It's uh, gonna be Sunday. close, actually. Yeah, it's gonna. You know, the that's that's definitely a division race you gotta watch. Um, New Orleans and the NFC South, I then we can say that those are they're definitely contenders. Drew really, yeah. having a stellar season and LA Rams they again they're in a pretty bad division but nine and one I they are contenders but I would be very very uh I would take all their success with a grain of salt because of their division yeah I'm gonna have to agree with that um their record is really good right now but as you said the division not great not full yeah good. and you saw you saw what the Saints did to them yeah they handed them their own loss now look at the wild card here wild card is a very interesting one here in the AFC because the Chargers are the number one team in the wild card, but they're 7-2, mm. meaning if the playoffs happen to start today, Pittsburgh, a 6-2-1 and two in one team, would be taking on a 7-2 Chargers team. Um, so that definitely makes it interesting. I think the Chargers are definitely going to be uh, contenders going into the postseason. I think so. And for that second spot, you've got Cincinnati, Tennessee, Miami, all with five wins, and then you got Baltimore and Indianapolis, uh, with four wins behind them. Personally, I think Cincinnati's going to hold on to the second spot, if not, take that, uh, take the division away from Chicago. I think Indianapolis have a chance. I think they definitely have a chance. Uh, it's really going to factor on what they do this week because this is a huge game this week coming up for Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the NFC, you've got Carolina and Minnesota. Carolina's six and three. Uh you have three six and three teams right now in the playoff hunt. And Minnesota is five and three and one in that second spot. A lot of ties this year. A lot of ties, A lot of ties this year. But then right behind them, you got <clears throat> Green Bay, Atlanta, Seattle, Dallas, and Philadelphia, all with four wins, which all the te- all four of those all five of those teams are having disappointing years. And they're still they're still in, they're the still in it. They're still in it, and there's still a lot of time to go in this regular season. Do you think Minnesota is going to keep their spot? Do you think uh, Green Bay, Atlanta, one of those teams is going to take their place? No, I think Minnesota keeps their spot, and I'm actually pretty confident in saying that. I, I think so, too, but I think the only team that is going to give them a run for their money is going to be Green Bay. Just when you have Aaron Rodgers back there, I think that's, that's really your... Uh, the biggest thing you gotta worry about is once Aaron Rodgers heats up, there's not many things you can do to stop him. Um, let's a transition real quick. That topic I just saw come up. The MLB quote-unquote All Stars—they sent a bunch of MLB players to Japan. Okay. Uh, to play, I guess Japan's All Stars, but they—they they didn't send in the words of President Trump. They didn't, We didn't send our best. Um. So they played I think it was a six game series mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't best of six it was just six games they played and then MLB All-Stars lost five of them yep. to, to Japan which Japan's got good players don't get me wrong but I mean what type of message does this send uh, I, I, I just think that again all the good players are were in the postseason so maybe they don't want to play another six game series in, in, in Japan, Japan with all the travel all the way going down there the whole time difference and everything but still, that's you know these these guys are not all stars, but they're in that tier below them. They should definitely should definitely. Better. Well, the issue with them is their bullpen kept blowing big leads. Uh, they they had a five one lead I think a couple nights ago they blew that one. Uh, and they just really didn't send any of the good pitchers over, which is understandable with the amount of injuries these days. I don't know many teams that would want to send mm. their Chapman's, Kimbrels, the Degroms over to uh. To Japan, to Japan. Speaking of Degrom, we even touch on the Cy Young. Uh, I gotta, I gotta bring this topic up as a Mets fan. Right, the see. great Jacob Degrom winning the Cy Young, 29 1st place votes, only one second place vote. I, I think whoever that second place guy was definitely a Washington Nationals voter, because that one vote went to Scherzer. Um, but Degrom just one of the most dominant. Pitching seasons we have seen, mm-hmm. uh, like the like the host said on MLB Network yesterday, getting more support from the writers than his teammates this season. But Jacob Degrom, one seven ERA, just complete dominance. The guy was able to throw all five of his pitches wherever he wanted them: his fastball, slider, changeup, curveball, his two seamer, just. I think it was the sixth lowest DRA since they lowered the mound in 1968. Just one of the most dominant seasons we've ever seen. I mean, we're going to talk a bit about Stony Brook Sports, I guess. Yeah, against, just yeah we'll, we give, we'll give a little shout out because I know uh, just we live here. Start, yeah, and Stony Brook Sports, uh, the basketball team definitely had a big win. Big win night. over, hold up, someone's uh, liking my message in the group chat, which I don't really want to get into right now. But, yeah, um, going back to that, Stony, Brook's men, Stony Brook men's basketball team, big win over South Carolina on Friday, 83-81 win. This was our first ever win. This Was this overtime this was? This was, this this was, this was uh, not a regular time. Yeah, not much defense. I think um, I think it was a big block at the end to deny South Carolina a potential game winner. And this was after me saying that. I didn't think Stony Brook had a chance, so that's. But, I mean, well, that's a fair assessment. You know, uh, I, will, I will admit when I'm wrong, and I was definitely wrong on that one. We are two and zero to start the season. They had the big twenty two. Was it twenty two nothing? They were down 2 20, nothing. 20, coming back in their first game against George uh, Washington. Washington, and again this big win against uh, South Carolina. And then, uh, yeah, the Sunnybrook women's volleyball team also went undefeated this season, if I'm not mistaken. So you know, congrats to them. Yeah, congrats to them. Definitely undefeated season. That's definitely a big, big deal. Yeah, huge deal. When you, you know. It's complete dominance. I'm trying to look at a uh, Stony Brook schedule here. I'm looking at these teams. You know, they South Carolina I would think would be the toughest team they're playing. Of course, they're playing so. UMBC again. Of course, they. When are we playing them? Like February or something. Uh, they play them multiple times. First time is going to be not for a while. January thirtieth is the first time they're going down to Baltimore to play them, but um. Right now, they're playing a bunch of out-of-conference games, obviously, South Carolina. They take on Holy Cross uh, on the 16th, mm-hmm. which is, uh, yeah, it's as the 16th. Saturday, they're playing uh, Siena and Norfolk State. Um, but they're definitely they're playing a lot of out-of-conference games. They'll, they'll head to uh, Delaware on the 16th. Uh, give a shout-out to, shout um, to them. But then January 5th is the, you know, the grind season. That's when you get into the conference play. You, um, Which with, I'm not very hopeful for, despite this win. I, I think this is definitely a good time. I mean, um, this, is, this was a team that, not the same players, but a couple years ago they went to the tournament. They did. So I think, uh, and they played UMBC tough as well when they played them last year in the America East tournament. Um, but, yeah, they got to win the games that they should win. The, mm. the UMass, the UMass Lowell, the New Hampshire's, you know Binghamton, uh, Vermont, and uh, UMBC. Those are really the toughest 3 there They're Albany. too. really, all these teams are tough that are in the top four, top five of that conference. And when you have the America East, it's just like a wide open, wide open race. You know, whatever team gets hot at the end is gonna is gonna Brilliant. take the cake at the end. Um, but I think we'll say that is it for this week's edition so. of the. Martinez, solo podcast. Uh, any plans for this weekend? Any plans for this weekend? Well, I was planning to get out of here, go home this weekend, but uh, I might have to wait till tomorrow morning. We got a little snow and sleep in the forecast. I want to be driving mm-hmm. That great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Anything this weekend? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Uh, Potentially something this weekend. Our producer, I, don't, I don't know. I don't the know. Uh, <laughs> know. Uh, there, was, there was a little look going I, on here. I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain I don't know this. what's going on. You I, I will you know what's um, going on uh i just an outsider can watch from the window mm-hmm. like a, I, uh, like a gym i might, from the office I might expand on this once uh, oh my god uh, <laughs> once this recording is over maybe not I, that's uh <laughs> that's your but business yeah. there but yeah that's it for the martinez marcel podcast make uh, sure we'll to uh, go. share this Yeah, uh, Megan producing in the background new logo we got right uh, on now. Uh, yeah we got a new logo next monday i think we might be doing another because we got thanksgiving coming got up a next week coming on next monday uh, yes we got a, we have our first guest a surprise though a surprise guest it's going to be it's actually p diddy no it's not it's, um, it's shanti yeah um, But again <laughs> thank you for listening uh, and again uh, keep your eye on the ball gentlemen